Well, the other morning, our staff came into the offices uh, to find on one of the doors on the church building a little orange tag um, hanging down off the door. And we're kind of confused because, like, I think Claire's the one that found it. He's probably kind of confused because it wasn't there the night before. Um, It was hanging there. And so he went and grabbed it and found that it was from the sheriff's office, actually. So uh, before your mind starts racing, rest assured, there's no incident involving one of your staff members. So we're all good. But uh, he he went and grabbed this... uh, a little orange tag that was hanging on the door. And basically what it was was just a notification that the previous night, um, the officer had come to the church property just to make sure everything was secured. And so they walked around the parking lot, made sure nothing shady was going on. They walked around the whole building, checked all the doors to make sure they were locked, which they were. And so uh, they, they just walked around to make sure everything was good. And then on the tag, they, they marked the officer who did the check the time at which they did it, and then there was a couple boxes at the top, and the, there was one box that had a check mark in it, and next to that box it said, the premises was secured. The premises was secured. And I thought, you know, that's kind of fitting that this would happen here just a couple days ago, because this is the very idea that we're going to be focused in this morning, this idea of what it means that as followers of Jesus, we are secured. Not so much that we are secure in this building, because that doesn't really add any value to our faith or our lives, but we are secure in Jesus, in who he is, and what it is that he has done. And so this is our our focus today. We've been walking through this series where we've asked the question, who am I? Who who am I in Christ? Who am I as as a person created by God? We've looked at different truths about who we are, how, how we are loved, how we are broken, but in response to that brokenness, God has created a way for us to be forgiven. And in that, we are never alone, that we can walk forward with confidence as God is always faithful to be with us. And last week, we talked about how we are set apart, how there is a way for us to live differently than the rest of the world because of the truth of Jesus. And so this leads us exactly into this morning as we reflect on what it means for us to be secure in Jesus, secure in what it is he has done. And so as we reflect on this idea, we're going to be spending our time in a passage out of 2 Samuel. Um, And we're going to be looking at three different truths of who God is that, that David writes. In this passage, David, he has just triumphed over all of his enemies. He's defeated the Philistine army. Uh, he's conquered Saul. Saul's no longer attacking him for his life. And he's, he's triumphed. He, he sits in victory. But in the midst of this, David, he sings praise to God as he is the one true source of his security, he says. It's not by his own arm. And so here we're going to read this in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 4. Here we read, David sang to the Lord the words of this song. When the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior. From violent people you save me. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. So the first thing that David says here about God is that that God is my rock. God is 
my rock. So what does this mean? It means that we are secure in the strength and the permanence of who God is. That no matter what we do, God remains. He remains strong. He's not worn down. You think of a rock, it's, it's strong. They, they, I guess they kind of can wear down, but unlike that, God, he remains firm. He is strong in his foundation. The truth of God, which our hope is built upon through Jesus, it doesn't waver or change. It remains the same. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, we read, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, what Jesus accomplished through his life, his death, his resurrection, it cannot be erased. It is established. It is firmly set. We, we can place the fullness of our trust in God in the, in the promise that he has to, to redeem us, to make us right before him. And it's because of what is promised and completed through Christ that, that we have security in him. The work of Jesus happened, and we can try our best to disprove it, but it's going to take a lot of effort. There's a lot of historical evidence. There's a lot of reason for us to believe in what Jesus has accomplished through the cross. It is established. It took place. It happened. And so then this, of course, extends to a present impact on us today, that we choose how it is that we're going to respond to what Jesus has established we, we can disregard it. We can say, you know, I, I, I know this happened, but I, I want to go this way. I don't want to live in response of it. And it doesn't matter really because it doesn't change the fact that it happened, that Jesus accomplished what he did through the cross. How we deal with what has been done through Jesus, it doesn't change what has been done. And it's from this, that, this present reality that, that we have future confidence. We, we have hope. We, we are secure throughout eternity in Christ because he is established. He is faithful to, to walk with us through our lives. When we choose to follow him, our eternity is set in him. I'm talking about this idea of security and eternity, and so I know that there's probably some different ideas that people have um, associated with these ideas. And if we're not, if, if we're not careful, we, we can kind of get lost in some of the theological perspectives here and lose sight of the focus of both of them. So you have, I have friends who, are, who would call themselves once saved, always saved. They, they argue that, that we are made secure because God has selected us to be secure, to spend eternity with him, that we are broken and he has pulled us out of that brokenness. He has chosen us to, to follow him. On the other side, my free, free choice friends would argue that uh, we have chosen freely to follow Jesus, that we are broken and he has provided a way for us to be redeemed through, uh, through Jesus. And so when we choose to follow him, we are given the gift of eternal life. Now, no matter where you stand here, it doesn't change the fact that, that we are only secure through Jesus. He is the focus. We can't get lost in that. He is our focus there's no other way to the Father but through the Son. Jesus is the reason. He is the source of our security. It makes me think of Haystack Rock. If you've ever been on the Oregon coast, you know what Haystack Rock is, right? You can go to Wyneema Christian Camp or Pacific City. It's that giant rock that's standing in the middle of the ocean just off the shore there, right? And you see Haystack Rock. When you're walking outside, it's clear as day. You're like, there it is. I see it. It's standing tall. Now, when it gets dark, 
You don't, you, you might have to like squint a little bit to see it. The moonlight might have to be shining just right to see it, but, but you don't go to sleep that night going, man, I wonder if that giant rock out there is still going to be standing when I wake up, right? It's, it's not going to change. It's given us little reason to believe that, that it would do that. It's a rock. It's firmly established. It's there in a sense. It is permanent. Now, whether we reject its existence because we never go to see it again or not, it doesn't change the reality, the present reality, that it is still standing. We can move all the way to the East Coast and never look at the thing again, but it's still going to be standing there right off the Oregon coast. It's going to be there. Now, of course, we understand that this is a literal rock, um, and I'm sure that there's some like fancy scientific reasoning of why it uh, could somehow crumble. And so the metaphor is going to break down. But the idea here is that when David says, God is my rock, this should spark within us a deep sense of understanding of the truth of who God is. That he is not changing. That is in the midst of whatever may come that we do not need to worry if he is still standing or not. He's already established himself. He has already proven himself. He is our rock. One of my favorite songs by uh, the band Wren Collective is a song called Weep With Me, and it's kind of a fun title. But at the end of the, the chorus, they sing these words, what's true in the light is still true in the dark. What's true in the light is still true in the dark. Those words have had a, a really profound impact on, on my life and my faith because it's been a reminder to me that Hey, when, when life is, is going really good, when, when I'm in a season where I'm feeling really encouraged, where I'm growing in my faith, I feel like I'm growing in maturity, I'm, I'm seeing God at work, I'm, I'm serving, and I just feel so good about things. What, what is true there about who God is remains true even be, when it becomes really difficult to see. When my vision gets clouded, when, when I'm faced with challenges and hurdles and obstacles that I don't think even I, I deserve, when, when I'm hurt, when, when all I can feel is, is pain, it, it doesn't change the truth that was established in the light. See, Jesus, he, he is established. He is our hope. He is our confidence. We are made secure through him, through God being our rock, one we can depend on. He's always there. Second thing we see in this passage from David is that God is my fortress, he is my fortress and he is my shield. And in him, I have no reason to fear. Though we live in a world filled with people unsure of where they belong, with perspectives, with ideas, of ways of thinking that, that may attack us, we can know and find security in where it is that we belong in Jesus. Being established in God, we are shielded in a hostile world. The reality of the world that we live in is that we are being attacked. But a fortress is not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. A fortress is not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. If you don't agree with that, you've got to take it up with the dictionary. I'm sorry, because that's the that's definition of what a fortress is. It's not impacted by what's going on on the outside. The truth of God does not change. My wife, Alicia, and I, we, we have a dog um, who has a lot of energy. And so most days after work, we'll, we'll go outside and, and throw the ball for her just to try to burn as much energy as we possibly can before the nighttime. And um, I, I say that we, we go outside and do this, but, but the truth 
probably is that Alicia goes outside and throws the ball while I, I sit on the couch and do something important like watching TV or a football game or something like that. And so I'll just be sitting there. I'm, I'm enthralled in, in this TV show or game, whatever's going on. And all of a sudden I hear this, like, what on earth? Now, now I've got to pause my show. I, I might miss a couple plays of the game because I've got to figure out what on earth just hit my house. You know, what, what's going on? And I go outside and I see this little brown spot on, on the side of the house because Alicia was throwing the ball, got really excited, and it was dirty, and it hit the side of the house and got some dirt on the house. Now I've got to go in, grab a rag, get it damp, you know, scrub it off. It's really hard, and really get my back into it to get all the dirt off of there. And I've got to, you know, respond to the issue at hand. Now, now imagine with me, Alicia gets a stroke of just like super strength. She chucks the ball at the house, and now there's a perfect hole in the side of our house, all right? Now, now this is going to take a bit more effort. It's going to have more of an impact on me. I'm, I'm going to have to go to the siding store and, and find the right siding. Uh, I'm going to have to cut out a, a perfect, you know, square to, or whatever to, to make it fit, a circle, I guess, to make it fit. I'm going to have to match the paint. I'm going to have to paint over it to, make, to fix it, keep, to keep the structural integrity of my house. It's necessary to go about the steps, even though it might be a little bit more challenging, even though it might take some more effort from me. Now, if I really wanted, I could just go out to my garage, grab a couple two-by-fours and some nails, and just, you know, nail over uh, the hole, and then, boom, it's gone. Issue solved, right? There's no more hole on the side of my house. It's covered. But over time, I'm going to have a house that's just covered up with all these patch jobs of two-by-fours and nails holding it up, right? The whole thing is going to crumble, I, because I, I chose to, to place my trust to build my house out of these two-by-fours and nails instead of going to its firm structural integrity. I chose to place my faith in a bunch of patch jobs instead of, instead of finding refuge in the truth of God as my fortress. See, in our faith, we, we can't just throw up patch jobs and then think, I, I don't have to address that problem. That question I have, I don't have to go there. Someone else smarter than me will figure it out. It's all good. I'll just patch it up. I don't need to spend time in that small group growing in my faith with others. I don't need that. I'm just going to keep, I'll just patch it up, put some nails over it. It's gone. It's solved. Pretty soon your faith is just going to be this collection of patch jobs as you, as you take steps out of the truth of God as your fortress the more we, we have to understand our need to find our security in God as our fortress. Because without him, all of a sudden, our, our faith, it, becomes, it, it begins to crumble. We, we have to build our faith to remain strong in the fortress of God. And so we seek him and his truth. So, so how do we do this? How do we build up our faith in the fortress of God? Let's look to, look to Jesus as our example. Matthew chapter four, we read this story. And then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. So the tempter came to him and said, hey, if, if you are the son of God, tell, tell these stones to, to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, in this passage, what, what does Jesus do? How, how does he respond? 
Does he look to Satan and go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I didn't think of that. You're right, I could do that. I'm, my stomach's been growling forever. I could just tell these rocks to become bread and that would solve all my issues. Man, that's genius. No, he, he goes, you know, that's, that's pretty clever. Obviously, you and I both know the truth here that I do have the power to do that. I have all the power and you have none. You, you, you can't do that. And also, here, here's some scripture to back it up. See, you see, Jesus, he holds strong. His fortress is tough. It's not tough in stubbornness. He doesn't look at Satan and go, yeah, I just don't really like the sound of your voice, so I'm not gonna go there. No, it's not in stubbornness. It's in the truth of God and what, in, in what God has established. He, he knows who he is. All he's saying is, yeah, I, I hear that thud against the wall. It, it was a pretty good throw, but I'm, I'm good. I, I'm secure. We have great reason for security in our faith with God as our fortress. It has nothing to do with traditions that we build or ways that we prefer to worship over others. It, it has everything to do with Jesus. The tr truth of God that never changes is Christ. It is his word that has become flesh. And just as Jesus does, we, we too, we, we rebuke, we speak against the lies and deception of this world with scripture. We hold strongly to the truth of God revealed to us through his word. Because if we allow it, if we don't address the attack at hand appropriately, we, we can slowly crumble and so we can ask God tough questions we have. God doesn't hear a question we have in our faith and go, oh, wow, I can't, I've never thought of that before. I can't believe it. You really stumped me there. No, he, he created everything. He sits in full authority. We, we can trust, we can depend on him with our questions, with our challenges in life. He's not concerned that there's some idea out there that if made known, will somehow disprove everything. He's firm, he's established. He is our fortress. Now, now some questions, a lot of questions we may have, they're not gonna have a clear black and white answer like, like we may hope, like we may prefer, but it, it certainly has a response. And we must be faithful to walk through that question with God. That means continuing to grow in him. It means when we have a question in our faith, when, when we face a challenge in our lives, we, we don't go, okay, God, you figure it out and reveal yourself to me at some point. I'm gonna live this way while you figure out how you're gonna tell me. No, it means, God, I'm gonna walk step in step with you. I'm gonna trust in you as my fortress that I can depend on you and lean on you through this thing that I'm really having a hard time seeing through. And as I grow in my relationship with you, I'm gonna see how you've responded to this issue that I face. See, we, we continue to grow in him, not in ignorance to an answer, but by diving into his word, spending time in scripture, growing and maturing in your faith, finding security in God as your fortress in a world that attacks with deceiving ideas and lies. See, when God is your fortress, you become far less susceptible to faith-shattering attack. God is not afraid of your questions, and with God as our fortress, we are made secure. We can still hear those rocks thudding against the walls, but we remain secure, not in our own stubbornness, not in our own pride, not in our own opinions or traditions. We, we remain secure in the truth of God 
and who he is and what he has promised us through Jesus. It's in the midst of battle that the truth of God is capable to respond to our questions. I am secure in Christ because of what it is that he has established. Finally, David, he expresses being secure because God is his deliverer. God is his deliverer. God is my deliverer. He's our deliverer. Jesus is the source of security. He's the horn of our salvation. I don't know about you, but I hear this image in the Bible, the the horn of our salvation. I'm like, that's a really weird image. Like I just imagine David growing a rhino horn out of his forehead or something like that. doesn't make sense. But that's not the type of horn he's talking about, obviously, right? He's talking about a ram's horn, one, one that you would bring into battle. And when things were getting dicey, you would blow on the horn and your allies would come to your aid. They would come fight on your side, come to your rescue. This then is a great symbol of strength. The the horn of salvation is a reminder to us each and every day of the strength of Jesus that we ourselves do not have. It's when we recognize and we confess in our own lives that God, I I can't do this on my own anymore. I've, I've tried to do things my own way and it's just not working out. Or God, I, I need you. I, I need your goodness. I need your righteousness. I, I need your grace to cover my brokenness. See, similar to a horn in battle, we, we call on him. And it is through Christ that we are delivered back into right relationship before God, that we are redeemed, we are made whole. And the gospel writer Luke expresses this exact thing in Luke chapter one, verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. See, the the horn in the house of David is is Jesus. Luke is directly quoting this 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 song that David records in 2 Samuel. He's saying that he is the source of unending strength. When, When life gets challenging, when it becomes hard to see, He is the one that we can always turn to, we can trust and depend upon to be our deliverer. He is the source of strength. We have confidence when we, we can have confidence when we call on his name. First John chapter five, starting in verse 10, we read, whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this then is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may know that you have eternal life. See what John is saying here, it has a direct connection to our security and God is our deliverer. He states pretty clearly that God is the provider of eternal life. He is the one who has made us with the purpose to live forever, to forever sing praises to him. And he has delivered this eternal life to us through Jesus, right? Verse 12 makes it pretty plain and clear here that it is only through Jesus, only through the Son. It is not through our own works, not through our own attempts at goodness. It's not through our nationality. It's not whether we root for the ducks or for the beavers. It is only 
in Jesus. It is only in Jesus. Life is found only in the Son. And when we have chosen to follow Jesus, we, we can have great confidence in what our eternity is set in. Our eternity is not set in a place, but it, it's set in a person. Our confidence is not heaven. Our, our confidence is Jesus. It is only him. So it is only in him that our eternal life is secured. We don't have to wake up each day and wonder, man, I, I really hope that the grace of God still covers my brokenness today. No, when we choose to follow him, we can have full confidence and assurance. Jesus has already paid that price. It's been established. He has already created a way for you to be delivered into salvation. So if you proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can share in this confidence and this security in eternal life. If you don't, then you don't share in that security. We can only have confidence because of Jesus. Our salvation is not up for question when we repent of our sin and then give our lives to Christ, choosing to follow him. And so as we live in response to this security that we have in Christ, through him being our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, we, we have great opportunity to, to persevere in our faith. This has a motivating factor for us as it gives us purpose and mission presently. I love this passage in Jude, starting in verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who are going to divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But dear friends, but dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. In our security in Christ, we, we have purpose. We, we have Mission. We have a way that we can live each and every day practically in our lives. There is a call for all who believe to be active in your faith, both personally and interpersonally with one another. We, we can do this in, in our own lives personally by, by studying scripture, taking the time to grow in your faith, to learn how to be a better example of Christ on this earth, to understand who he is and who he has promised to always be. It pains me to know how many Christians never touch their Bibles, never open up the word of God, never spend time going to God as the only secure fortress of truth. We, we can't expect to piece together aspects of our faith and then expect it to stand when challenges come. We, we have to spend time with God. We have to know the truth and goodness of who he is. We have to grow in our relationship with him. We can also memorize scripture, being, attacked, or being prepared when the world attacks us with deception by, by having the truth of God in your hearts and on your minds. Just as Jesus did, he's a pretty great example to, to follow. We, we too can share in that, memorizing scripture, having it written on our hearts, knowing the truth of God that is established so that when deception and lies come, we, we know what stands and we have confidence in that. Spend time in prayer, talking with God, inviting him into your life, asking him to lead you and guide you and reveal himself 
more to you each and every day. We do this interpersonally with one another by, by worshiping together as a body of believers. So congratulations to all of you this morning. You nailed it. You, you've done one, right? But we, we do this for a purpose, to remember together, to, to live in life with one another, remembering the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done for each one of us. It's why we practice and celebrate communion each and every week, to remember what he has accomplished through the cross. Just as Roger said earlier, it's, it's a practice that, that we, we don't allow to become, become common in our lives because it is special each and every time. We are always remembering the truth of who Jesus is and what he did through the cross as the source of, as the source of our salvation, delivering us into security in him. Be a source of encouragement to the people around you. Share a meal with others. Engage in conversation with them. Be, be a person that is um, inviting others into your life. Our security in Christ, it, it comes with an assurance that one day I won't be attacked any longer. That gives us present motivation. We persevere today with future hope being fulfilled where we will no longer be under the attack of this world. What a beautiful thing that will be. We persevere in our faith. So wherever we are, we can call on Jesus. He is faithful to walk through our lives with us. We remember, we, we hold on to the truth that God is my rock. He's my rock. He's a firm foundation. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can lean. I can trust in him. God is our fortress it's in the midst of, of battle in a hostile world, trying to shake us, trying to pull us away from the truth of who God is, that we have a choice in how we respond. And we must be diligent to take care of our faith through the truth of God and what he has established. God is our deliverer. Jesus is the horn of our salvation. He is our source of strength. We can have great confidence in what he has done for us when we call on him to deliver us our salvation is forever sealed in Christ. And it is in all of these things that we have a call to persevere in our faith, to grow in our faith, to seek to look more like Jesus, offering all glory and praise to him in all that we do. It is in the midst of whatever may come our way that, that we can remember who we are as followers of Jesus, that I am secure in Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we're so thankful for the, the goodness and the truth of who you are. That, that no matter what may come in our lives, you, you are an unending source of strength. You are a rock we can depend on. You are a fortress that we can find refuge in. You are a deliverer that brings us to salvation. And so God, I, I pray that we would be people of faith who persevere in our lives, that in all that we do, we, we would glorify you and you alone. God, thank you for the security we can have in our faith as unlike anything else in this world because of what you have accomplished through the cross. We love you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen.